All right, welcome to Marketing with Walker and Grimm, the show about marketing and advertising specifically targeted for those of us in central Pennsylvania. I'm John Walker, and when I'm not doing podcasts, I serve as the Digital Marketing Director at LMP Media Group. And I'm Marcus Grimm, Vice President of Market Growth and Innovation for Benchmark Construction. Welcome to, John, I'm beginning to lose count, episode... Wow, uh, seven? Let's call it seven. That sounds good to me. John, guess what we're going to do today? What are we going to do today? We're going to get geeky. All right. For this episode, we're going to go out on the fringes and to discuss high tech that's slipping its way into marketing. So let me get this straight, Marcus. Me, a newspaper guy, and you, a construction guy, we're going to be talking tech, right? John, we have to because today everybody has gone high tech. However, I want to be really, really careful here because let's be honest, John, we are marketers. We love the shiny things. Now, in in the world, John, we have what people who are called um, early adopters. We have people who are called late adopters. And then um, I've had many bosses through the years who have said the same thing. I want to be on the leading edge, but not on the bleeding edge. Okay. Or said enough for, another way, uh, Pioneers suffer and settlers prosper. <laughs> okay, that's uh, well said. Or said another way, uh, pioneers take the arrows, settlers get the land. <laughs> well, we want the land for sure. We don't want the arrows. Exactly. So what we're going to be doing today, John, is we are going to be talking about three technologies. And I want to be really, really clear. I don't think most of our customers are using these technologies, yet they have all already proven their value and they are making marketers money in central Pennsylvania and beyond. So we're going to discuss what each of these technologies is, who can benefit from it, what's the ballpark cost to get involved, etc. So in other words, I want people to realize these are not crazy, weird, we're not talking about robots in your home, we're not talking about holograms. We are talking about real ways that marketers can make money right here in central Pennsylvania. Sound good? That sounds great. Let's jump in. All right. So in episode two, John, we discussed the four Ps. And that fourth one was place. Now, for some of us, place is a non-event. LNP, for instance, you guys have this great building, but it's, it's not necessarily useful in helping you to sell advertising. I mean, do people buy ads because of this building? Not because of the building. We have to go out and see them. Exactly. But if place is a way that you work to stand out, we absolutely need to discuss something known as iBeacons and RFID technology. That sounds a little bit like Star Trek. Are you uh, going all Silicon Valley on me? No, 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 John. Keep in mind, I'm not going on the bleeding edge today, buddy. We're on the leading edge. Okay. Um, in fact, RFID technology and iBeacons, um, this technology has been around for several years. A great way to see it in action is if you go to the new Panera on Roarstown Road. John, have you been there? No, but I, I may have to go there. Okay, so it's super cool. Here's what happens. You go in, you place an order at the kiosk, and, and we've all seen kiosk ordering for, for a, a, a while now. And basically the way kiosk ordering works, I go into my sheets, I say I want to get the two hot dogs for a dollar, and I want just a little ketchup on, and those hot dogs show up. But what Panera is doing is a little bit different because once I place that order, then I take a coaster and I take it directly to my table. And when that food is ready, they are taking that, uh, the, the food right to my table. It's using a technology that's called active RFID, which stands for radio frequency identification. In essence, John, what's happening is those coasters are sending signals to the cloud about where they are. 
Okay, I get it. So, I, I mean, I've been to restaurants where it blinks when your food is ready, but it sounds like this is a little bit different. That's exactly right. So okay. what, it, what, it's, what it's doing is it's allowing you to place your order, you sit down at your table, you put the coaster right there, and the server brings the food right to you based off the signal on that coaster. Cool. I mean, that sounds like uh, it's perfect for a place like Panera. Um, but what if I don't have a coaster to carry around with me? Actually, John, you already do have a coaster that you're already carrying with you everywhere. It's called a smartphone. See, what you have to realize is all the technology that's inside that coaster, it's also inside your smartphone. And so basically, you can use an iBeacon to actually speak to your smartphone through a special app. Huh, no kidding. So if I've got a, uh, if I've got a smartphone, I can have the app and the iBeacon technology can work. That's exactly right. So here's the way it works. If a place is how you market yourself, so once again, let's say you've got a clothing store or you've got a restaurant and you've got an app, you can already embrace this technology. This could, be, this could also be a reason for you to get an app. So for instance, John, um, let's say I've got, well, perfect example, we've got the press room right next door, right? Right. And I've got that LNP Media app, right? Sure. You could put an iBeacon into the press room, and when I walk into the press room with my LNP Media app, it could actually check me in to be seated. Yeah. I which, like that. Which also means not only could it check me in to be seated, but what else could I do with it? I could also use it for loyalty points. Is there a loyalty program over at the press room? Maybe there should be. Well, you can work on that, John. So, so um, it, it really is a very, very interesting technology. Now, that being said, John, um, we all know that as good as apps are, they are just apps. So it's as perfect as the app. And so, you know, let's talk about app, adop app adoption, okay? one of the things that we all know is you can create an app, but getting people to adopt that app can be a little bit challenging, yes? Yeah, no question about that. But, but you know, I know a technology that's not constrained by that. What's that? That's geofencing. Geofencing. So we've talked about iBeacon. So again, iBeacons work great if I've got the app. If I've got an app and I've got a place, what is geofencing, John? Bring us up to speed. Okay, so geofencing is the ability to target digital ads to people based on their location. And it relies on mobile phones, um, as we were talking about a second ago. But here's how it works. So we can identify fences so-called. These are distinct geographic locations as small as a city block. So are these white, white picket fences? Uh, not white picket fences. It could be a building address. Um, so, so it's virtual. It's not a, it's not a physical fence. Exactly. Okay. So it's a, uh, we, we fence an address is how we talk about it. Okay. So it could be a building address. It could be a convention center. It could be a mall. Uh, it, it could be a competitor's location. We designate these and we call them fences. Now, when individuals with mobile devices enter this fence, this location, the targeting mechanism is triggered um, on their phone uh, and the ads get delivered. Um, so, and, and then we can also retarget ads to the same phones after they leave these locations. So, so let me give a for instance. So okay. for instance, if I were to walk inside the local Walmart, um, you um, uh, at LNP would actually have uh, geo-targeted the Walmart location. And when I walk out, you might give me a coupon to go to Target? Correct. 
Okay. Um, and and I'll, I'll be honest with you, since we're talking about Lancaster County businesses, and a lot of our lot of our customers are uh, local businesses. They're locally owned businesses. So we might help a local retailer, a, a local appliance retailer, who wants to uh, target folks who might be looking at appliances at Lowe's or Home Depot. So we would fence, say, Lowe's or Home Depot on their behalf. Um, when an individual walks into Lowe's or Home Depot, uh, it triggers the ad and they receive um, ads from our local uh, advertiser. So let, talk to me about, um, this is really interesting technology. We've got the Lancaster Convention Center right here. Right. It seems to me the Convention Center is another area where I've got a focused group of people. So how, right. how, would, I, how would you maybe geofence inside the Convention Center? Sure. Um, well, so if I'm a local advertiser and I want to reach folks who are attending a convention there, I would draw a virtual fence, a digital fence around the convention center. I would use that as basically a targeting location. Um, I would activate this technology. And then when folks walk into that fence during the time that I've, that I've uh, designated it, uh, those folks would receive ads. Now, part of the, you know, this is, this is science, but it's also art. Um, so we have to, we, we want to deliver a large number of impressions. And uh, it relies on people having the uh, location uh, device turned on on their smartphones. Sometimes that happens in high numbers, sometimes it doesn't. So if we were targeting a convention, say, at the, at the convention center here, the Marriott, we might also target other uh, locations as well. We might target some hotels, uh, local hotels people might be staying in. We might target restaurants. We might target some other downtown locations. And the sum of that would be a, a strong uh, advertising campaign. Now, John, when you and I were first talking about geofencing, um, I was kind of impressed because I was under the impression that this was um, a little bit on the bleeding edge for Lancaster County advertisers. But you said to me, Au contraire, Marcus. You said it's actually a pretty big piece of what you're doing, right? It, it is a big piece of what we're doing. And it's, um, you know, interestingly, this is one of those technologies that if you sort of pull apart the, the mechanics of it, it, it is on the bleeding edge. I mean, it uses, it uses the bleeding edge technology of geolocation, of the, the location features on a phone. It uses very advanced ad serving technology. But the reality is that all of this is packaged up in such a way that it's very easy for small businesses to use, and it's not very expensive. It's not more expensive, I should say, than a kind of standard digital advertising campaign. And, and you made the statement before, John, that, that you're also, it's really important that the offer is relevant to the time and place that's being delivered. What do you mean by relevant? Yeah, so, and, and that's a really interesting point, and I think that says something about where digital advertising is, is going in the future, too. And that is, because you know where someone's going to be when they receive this ad, you're actually able to develop a, a message and an offer that's relevant to where they are at that particular time. So and give me an example. Here's an example. So we had a client who was a trucking company, and they wanted to attract new drivers, and they were willing to offer a signing bonus. So what we did is we targeted the uh, medical clinic where drivers have to get a drug test before they can be licensed. Mm -hmm. And we delivered ads. Um, we geofenced that uh, facility, and we delivered ads for this particular trucking company. And the message said, um, you know, ready to sign on, we're offering a bonus. 
So the fact that we reach people at the right location, at the right time, with the right message, uh, resulted in a, in a really remarkably effective advertising campaign. Outstanding. I, I, I am very, very impressed. Geofencing sounds super cool. Um, and I've read about it. Uh, I'll be very clear. Haven't done it yet, but you have me intrigued. You are listening to Marketing with Walker and Grimm. Listen to more episodes of this podcast on lnpmediagroup.com. Now, back to Walker and Grimm. Now, the last two technologies that we talked are absolutely out there and available. This third one, depending on who you talk to, it's still a little bit on the bleeding edge. Um, in other words, it's not quite reality yet, but it's rather... Uh, virtual reality? Bingo. And not just virtual reality, John, but we're going to talk about augmented reality. And we're going to spend a few minutes actually on both, okay? So... Augmented reality is where we create a digital layer and place it on top of reality. So you're talking about something like, what, Pokemon Go? Yeah, did you, have you played? I, I've seen it. Okay, so in that game, and to be clear, there are a lot of augmented reality games out there. You can put digital characters on a screen and you look through the camera on your phone. So there are lots of different ways that you could do this, though, um, that don't apply in a game. How about when you're, when you're in church and there, is a, and there is a sermon about the story of Noah's Ark, actually holding up your phone and be able to see the animals walking down the aisle? Okay, uh, I'm, it sounds, sounds interesting, maybe a little gimmicky. Perhaps, okay, but how about this? How about ordering flooring? So for instance, there is a great app that you can download right now called PLNR, Planner, okay? Mm, interesting. Or Magic Plan, but what you do with those is you hold up, again, the camera of your phone, okay. and you can actually picture different floors inside your house, okay? So this gives you the ability, imagine all the flooring stores that you work with in, in Lancaster. And John, let's be clear, there's a lot of them that advertise in LMP. For sure, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, this is interesting. Yeah, so one of them needs to be on the augmented reality app, um, absolutely. Um, so that's what augmented reality looks like. Now, let's talk about virtual reality. Yeah, tell me the difference. Okay, so virtual reality is where we sometimes see people putting on those goggles and they're literally seeing something that's totally different. So again, augmented, augmented reality, I'm putting an artificial layer on top of the real world. Okay. Um, virtual reality, it's a totally different world. Visually and sometimes audio-wise, I am in a totally different place. Therefore, those applications would also be if you want to show somebody doing something in a totally different place. So perhaps you want to take them to a vacation location or the design of a house that they don't have. Okay, all right, I'm seeing this, but what does research tell us about the adoption of virtual reality? And I'm, and I'm glad you asked, because what we're seeing from an adoption standpoint is augmented reality is actually ahead of virtual reality. Okay. Virtual reality has been slow for a couple reasons. Um, the experience can actually be a little bit nauseating for some people uh, when they put on that, that hardware. Um, the second thing that we're seeing is the hardware itself. Hmm. Um, you, you may have seen the cardboard boxes that you can look through your cell phone on, but, but as far as high quality hardware, it's still relatively expensive. And quite frankly, you know, the applications that are out there um, are, are also such that, you know, at this point, we're still waiting to have that wow virtual reality experience that, that a consumer in Lancaster County would really, really care about. Okay, so this is interesting, but as a marketer, why should I care about this? Well, first up, those three things that I talked about, they're improving every day. So the experience is improving, so people aren't feeling nauseous. More and more uh, headsets are coming out that are becoming less expensive, and the marketers are getting savvier and savvier with those applications. 
But here is the most important part and why we had to talk about virtual reality at least a little bit today, John. When working in virtual reality, you know what the most expensive piece of it is? What's that? Constructing a 3D model, constructing that world. Okay. okay. Huh. And while virtual reality isn't exploding yet, 3D modeling absolutely positively is, okay? If you work with an architect today on anything from your house um, to in commercial construction where we're working on our senior living projects or in higher education, uh, we're doing some new student housing, student housing projects out in Dickinson College, every architect these days more and more is being asked to make a model. And John, once you've gone to the expense of making that model, guess what? It's a pretty small lift to experiment with virtual reality. Okay, so should businesses consider this? That's, that's a great point. From my perspective, whether or not you should be considering virtual reality, it's really, really simple. If I need to take my customers to another place, I would consider virtual reality. And if I already have a model of that other place, you really, really should be looking at virtual reality. Which brings us, John, to, are you ready for this? I, I think I'm ready, sure. Okay, it's the challenge of the day. Now, you okay. and I have talked about some crazy, crazy things today. We have talked about eye beacons. So again, eye beacons mean when I walk into a location, the my phone can actually trigger the location and it says, hi, John, welcome back to the press room. Your table's ready for you. You and I have talked about geofencing today, which means when I walk into the press room, I might be able to get an ad asking me to go across the street to passenger coffee, right? Right. Did I understand the geofencing correctly? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Augmented reality, meaning I walk into the press room and, and, and there's, a, a, um, um, there's a digital version of, of the original Mr. Steinman himself <laughs> asking to sit down with me at his table. Okay. Or virtual reality. Uh, which means, uh, well, I don't know what I would do there in the press room. But the point is we've got all those new technologies, John. They are all available to you, okay? You ready? I'm ready. Okay, so I'm going to name a local business, and I want you to tell me which of those new technologies you would deploy if you were working on a marketing campaign for them, okay? All right, shoot. The category is one of my favorite tourist destinations right here in Lancaster County. The iconic, the one, the only the Strasburg Railroad. I want you to deploy high-tech at the Strasburg Railroad. Hmm, interesting. So you're asking me to uh, employ some high-tech at the low-tech. How about um, that? Okay, all right. Well, you know what? I'm going to start with geofencing uh, because I know that the Strasburg Railroad, as popular as it is, um, is, is always trying to attract new visitors. And geofencing would be an ideal way to do that. And, and the reason I believe that is that when folks visit Lancaster County uh, from, from out of this area, they want to put together a whole itinerary. They're, they're not coming from, from New Jersey or New York or Washington area to do one thing they want to do a bunch of things so they're gonna they're gonna knit together a number of activities um, and uh, so geofencing could could make that happen and the way I would use geofencing is I would target hotels and restaurants in eastern Lancaster County with messages about visiting the Strasburg Railroad so that's number one I would use geofencing to drive uh, visits now Virtual reality might be an option, too. Um, I'm, I'm kind of intrigued by that, but I'm going to reject that for the Strasburg Railroad because, I, because visiting there is all about having a real-life experience, you know, riding on a train. Um, so, you know, I, I want to be in the physical world and not the, the virtual one. But 
Now, where I would use um, virtual reality is is if I'm at the Railroad Museum of Pennsylvania, which oh, is that's right across yeah. the street. Um, and the reason is uh, because I could envision virtual reality to transport someone to an experience of a train that they can't physically have at that location. So the you know that museum has some uh, locomotives there, but wouldn't it be cool if you could use virtual reality to actually give somebody you know a ride on an old locomotive maybe through the Rocky Mountains? That, that's a fascinating idea, John. Because I know when I've been at the Railroad Museum of Pennsylvania, it's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, you're going to force me to put in a plug here. Um, uh, if you've if you've been amazed at the construction of that building, it's a national award winner for benchmark construction, one that we're very proud of. Excellent. Um, but if you go in that building, you know you see all those trains and they're gorgeous and they're huge but they're still right and if i put on those virtual reality goggles that i could actually feel the thunder of the mm. locomotive as it comes by me that right. uh, uh, that that's outstanding i love it that's going to do it for this episode john john i can't wait to come back with uh, with our next several episodes we've got a full lineup plan here and uh, next time around we're going to go through some of the highlights from previous shows um, reminder that we are still still compiling our analytics right john it's happening right now <laughs> as as you listen we record the the, the listeners are coming in and, and we are we are thrilled to be getting the information we would love for you please to continue to uh, subscribe on itunes or at least subscribe one time give us those uh, multiple star reviews and uh feel free to check us out on uh, lmpmediagroup.com uh but for marketing with walker and grim i'm marcus grim and we will see you soon take care <laughs>